Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the BTF podcast. That's the Back to Football podcast, the number one podcast for people who probably should talk about something other than football. Now, 40 is a huge milestone for us. And we'd first of all like to start by thanking all of our listeners and viewers uh, that have been with us throughout the journey and some of you that have sort of obviously joined along the way. We have a very good show coming up today with a pretty good Mount Rushmore uh, based around a very popular Netflix show uh, of the moment. Uh, I will first start by introducing my co-hosts for today. First of all, we have John Miller here from episode one. How are you, John? Very well, thanks, Dan. Very well. Secondly, we have, uh, I'll name these hosts as well in chronological order from when they first appeared on the BTF podcast uh, during our 40 show run. Uh, We have Greg Hollands joining us. How's it going? You all right? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm all well. <laughs> <laughs> and thirdly, last but not least, uh, we have our most recent uh, member of the team, uh, Levi, uh, joining us from quarantine. How are you doing, Levi? Very well, thank you, Dan. Just, um, you know, enjoying being trapped in a house. Yeah, so you mentioned that you've been baking. Have you been baking? <laughs> Is that for the podcast? <laughs> what kind of bacon yeah, well, are we talking about, Levi? <laughs> It, it, <laughs> I mean, it is now. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I just find myself getting getting bored. So I'm just thinking of, you know, I'm like, right, if I can't go to the shop and get something um, sweet, the, the only other option is to make it yourself. So I'm um, spending my time. I'm, I think the other day I made peanut butter chocolate chip cookies. So nice. it, it was good. Um, I'm sure my housemates loved it as well because there is none mm. left. So um, yeah, if, a good you, sign. if you get to, if you get bored start baking just trying to stay away from the banana bread at the minute don't want to be basic yeah no exactly banana bread's been all over uh social media <laughs> there was actually a stand up to cancer bake-off where i was on this week i did watch that it was pretty good with uh russell brand uh john lithgow um <laughs> As, yeah i saw that um clip of russell brand saying uh Oh, I got two grams out just on instinct Based when on he was instinct, measuring everything yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. Um, Greg, as a as an Essex boy uh, yourself, what's uh, yeah, what's the general Essex feeling on Russell Brand? Is he one of your own? Oh, definitely. Yeah, he's one of the lads. He's he's a good lad. He, he's yeah, he's a good man. His stand up is pretty good. I don't know if you watched his most recent one on Netflix. It's probably a year old now. It's really really good. I think it went under the radar. Yeah, no, I, I, li- I like him. I'm a, a big fan of uh, Russell Brand. John, you like Russell? Oh, I do. What was his first thing? Was it uh, uh, Big Brother's Little Brother or something? Uh, big yeah. Brother's Big Mouth. Yeah, one of oh, those things. Big Mouth, was it? Yeah. Big Mouth, yeah. Yeah, he was, he was pretty, pretty funny on that. That was probably his big break, right? I don't remember seeing him before then. Yeah, that, I think, um, yeah, he'd had a few smaller things. Uh, he worked for MTV just before that. But um, let's get away from uh, Russell and on to another eccentric wild man uh, that's taken the world by storm in, uh, in the past month. Uh, there's some timing here that was, uh, quite frankly, uh, godly in, if you're a producer of this show. But um, Quarantine struck and uh, Tiger King was released on Netflix. The story of Joe Exotic and uh, the crazy world of big cat owners in uh, in the USA. Um, and we're going to do a Mount Rushmore uh, today on <clears throat> characters 
from the Tiger King series. Uh, now we're each going to pick four people um, who we would like to have uh, on our team. Uh, and we're going to frame this as though we're going into a zombie apocalypse here. Who are you, ta- <laughs> who are you taking on your team? Um, and we've already drawn lots for uh, the order in which we're going to go. And Levi, you are up first. So who's your first pick on your Tiger King team? I am going to have to. Uh, do I get one or two picks? Just one. Okay. For now. I'm going to go for the hit, the hit man. What's his name? I forgot his name. Alan. Oh, Alan. yeah. You have to. Like, he literally just looks like a hitman. He's like, he's got the perfect look. And obviously, he's been about that prime life. So, um, I definitely back him to be able to, like, pull me through the zombie apocalypse. Um, if everyone's going downhill, he'd be the one to be able to pull out the stops to keep us um, safe. I reckon you've you got to chuck him in there. Hundred. Uh, Alan Glover. Is his name? Uh, okay, I'm going to write that down then for you. Alan is your first one. John, you are up next. Who's your first pick? I uh, can't believe Levi didn't jump into this one. Um, it has to be Mario. Mario Tabru. How do you say his name? Is it Tabru? Uh, Tabro. Yeah, Tabru. Tabro. T A B R A U E. Yeah, he's the gangster, isn't he? He's the top. Is he was the top dog? He was. Wasn't he? He, he went to prison. And... He, yeah, went to, so... he went to jail, didn't he? Yeah. He went to jail um, for cutting up or like, didn't someone get cut up on his land or something like that? It was an FBI agent yeah. that his friends had killed. Um, probably... The Scarface of the big cat world. <laughs> yeah. He's dubbed. Yeah, probably a pretty good person to have on your team. Um, okay, so Mario is your first pick. Um, I am going to... I mean, I think... I've got to take this guy as my first one. I just think that he is possibly the most powerful person in the whole uh, Tiger King series. And I'm going to have to go for Dr. Bhagavan Antal. Um, uh, he's a smart yeah. guy. He's got land. We could hide out on his land. Um, he's going to come in with the elephant mm. that's going to come along mm. as well. Um, could be really useful in... Uh, got about three wives, isn't he? <laughs> in a zombie situation, yeah. <laughs> at, least, at least three. <laughs> Uh, three At and least counting. Three, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this guy uh, is going to be my first uh, on the team, Doc Antle. Uh, so, Greg, you've now got two picks. Controversial one, but I thought about it. I'm, I'm, I'm assembling a team of bastards, basically. It's an apocalypse. <laughs> it's an apocalypse. There's no rules. You need people that aren't going to, you know, they're, they're trapped by civilization and society. So now they're unleashed. I'm going with Jeff Lowe. Jeff Lowe. Going with Jeff scumbag. Lowe because he's going to negotiate. He's going to exactly. He's going to be a scumbag. He's <laughs> going to bring that shithousery that I need to survive. He's going to be crucial in my survival. Jeff Lowe is my first pick. My second pick. My second pick is definitely Eric. He's an absolute madman. And Eric. sometimes you need a little bit of madness to get through these things. He was the one that was pouring petrol uh, into a canister with a lit cigarette in his mouth, saying, "Don't do this at home, kids." I think that he's a madman. I think that he's what you need. He needs, he's got that out-of-the-box thinking. There are two on my team so far. Eric Cowie uh, is his name. The guy that was yes. sat outside his trailer on, the, uh, on one of those kind of, um, I don't know, camping chairs. Um, I'll the, flash be- up. the best thing about with the, long the best thing about Eric is that he was just like, oh, yeah, I feel like the cats have a sick sense. Like, I can talk to the cats. Like, they trust me. I think that, that, that's, that's such a sick reason to have him on your team. Um, 
You just be able to. He he can set the caps on someone. Yeah, exactly. Like, go, for wish, go for it. Go for it. It's like a Dr. Doolittle <laughs> of, of the big cat world. Um, I think my second pick, I'm going to have to take the main man himself, uh, Joe. Uh, I think he gets on okay with Doc Antle. Um, obviously, at the end of Tiger King, there was a little bit of uh, snitching going on. Um, he, was sort of, he seemed like he maybe had turned on Doc, but I think for the majority of the show, um, Joe certainly looked to Doc as, as some sort of mentor. So I'm kind of looking at, at leadership on my team here. Uh, and obviously, Joe Exotic's going to bring a lot of, uh, it's going to bring a lot of uh, razzle dazzle to the team. Some of those outfits. Uh, so yeah, I'm taking and the music as well. The music for the good times uh, is always always a nice one. I saw a tiger. Uh, so yeah, Joe Exotic is my pick two, and that takes us back to uh, John. I'm going to go for Joe's nemesis, the big the big woman herself, the survivor. Carol Baskin. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. She is a survivor. She, uh, she, won, she won the war. She won the war against Joe, so that bodes well. She killed her husband, got away with murder, <laughs> um, fed him to the Tigers. Um, so, um, you know, she's a slippery fish, and uh, she'll definitely uh, be very, very handy in a tricky situation. She's a winner. I think that's good. Do you know what? For me, one of the craziest things about Carol Baskin through the whole thing is that Carol is spelt with an E on the end of it. For me, that just blows my mind. <laughs> After everything that's else, the, worst the, thing. The, the husband killing, the tigers, the, the, the everything, Carol with an E just doesn't sit well with me. So, uh, yeah. Greg. Oh, no, sorry. Levi, you got two picks now. I've I've just got to just for the sheer fact that I think he he was class in the whole thing. I've got to take John Renke. Just yeah. I've got to. That's my next. And one. a bonus as, as well. He just got weapons for days. He could take off one of his legs, and that's a weapon right there. <laughs> he's got a gun. On it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if the zombies so, go for his legs, he, he's yeah. You know, I mean, he's going to be surviving, isn't yeah. he? He's, he's, he's literally. He, he'll be. He'll yeah. be so fun. And one that a lot of people I don't reckon would pick. I'd actually pick Don Lewis. Oh, yeah, Man's Don Lewis. Secret millions. Let's keep quiet from everyone else. He can fly planes, so he can get us out of there if he needed to. Um, and yeah, I just thought if he, he was secretly just that guy, just that guy. So I'd, I'd have to pick Don Lewis as well. I think, uh, what are your thoughts on Don? Do you think that he was a, a drug trafficker? There's a lot of conspiracy theories around that that he wasn't going to costa rica for a love affair he was smuggling drugs i reckon he's definitely just chilling in costa rica because he found out that cacao was just a crazy <laughs> crazy bitch <laughs> and he just wanted to settle down he's probably getting old nice yeah he's chilling with paolo one uh in costa rica uh so john you've now got a pick okay so i'm gonna go for tim stock um, he, uh, Tim Stark, yeah, you know, um, you know, can't go wrong with a Stark. Um, he brought the money in, um, didn't he? Uh, he funded uh, Jeff Lowe, bought a load of uh, exotic cats. So he just knows, you can just see he's got the wealth, he's got the vision, he's got the strategy. Um, so yeah, I think that'd be, that'd be a, a good person to have on my team. Funnily enough, uh, Jeff Lowe did a, um, 
and asked me anything on Reddit. Uh, and one of the questions that came in for him was, who is the kind of the craziest? But I think someone said, are there any other crazy big cat people in America that didn't feature in the documentary? And he said, not really, but the person that I, that has the craziest backstory that's not really featured in the documentary is uh, Tim Stark. Um, so yeah, I think he, I think he's got um, a few skeletons in his closet, but I think that comes in handy uh, when you're fighting, zomb- the, fighting zombies. He was in the Louis Theroux documentary. He was. He was a bit, it was explored a little bit more in that and he came across awfully in that documentary. Yeah. Is he the guy that had the baboon? Uh, is yeah, he had the baboon and he had the bears that were like shit scared. Yeah, of him. And yeah. He was like, and he was like, oh yeah, I've taught them, I've taught them. He's like, no, you beat them senseless. Like the bears were flinching at him walking yeah. towards him. It was horrible to see really. And they were skinny and nah, wasn't liking it. Yeah, he was his the one that ar- brought out the massive tiger, and Louis was like, "What yeah. are you doing, mate?" His his argument for the whole thing was uh, that you know, a, a tigers and and all animals don't actually want to be wild. Uh, so you know, a, a lion might travel twenty five miles in a day. Uh, his argument is, if a lion could just stay in one place and have food handed to it, that's what a lion would want to do. So basically, no animal wants to roam freely. <laughs> He's a pretty bad guy. Oh, he's a moron. He's yeah. a moron. Um, I have got my next pick here. Um, I just need to check on the name. Uh, so, oh, this is a tough one, actually. I'm going to go for uh, Joshua Dial, uh, who was the comms manager um, for, or the campaign manager for Joe Exotic. Again, <laughs> so Dan. <laughs> looking for looking for people that uh fit into um into my team obviously this guy looks up to joe joe looks up to doc um i think this guy could do some of the kind of the tactical recon uh in in a post-apocalyptic world uh and he was kind of ride or die in the end so um i think he's a good guy and he's got knowledge of guns as well because he did sell guns uh for walmart um and that's how he met joe so he's my third pick Levi. Oh, no, sorry, Greg now. Greg, you got two more picks. Two more. Okay. Uh, I would go Rick Kirkman, the, um, the reporter, the one that was making the documentary on Joe. I yeah. feel like he's got that real Clint Eastwood sort of, again, a little bit of out-of-the-box thinking. I can imagine him being a bit cold-hearted if he needs to be. Uh, that hat just says it all. It's a very... Um, apocalyptic look that he's got going on I think he also looks like he's about 165 years old so I think he might survive anything um, so cigarettes yeah, doing that to him exactly yeah I'd have him on my bastard squad for sure uh, and secondly <laughs> uh, to, to finalise my grouping I would actually have Anne McQueen Anne McQueen okay. of course being Don's personal assistant I feel as though she had a real loyalty to Don and in those circumstances, we need loyalty. She feels like, I feel like we've got a bastard squad, but she would be the one doing all the admin, doing all of the stock check and keeping us all together. Nice. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's pretty good. Um, I'm going to go for, this is my, um, my mountain, if we're, if we're quantifying this Game of Thrones terms. Uh, I'm going to take the, the big man, Travis Maldonado, um again fits into my team quite nicely he'll do anything for joe um 
not the best guy when it comes to firearms uh-huh. um but we will um <laughs> john's not gonna love that one um we will uh you know make use of his his big frame uh so yeah travis maldonado Quite is cool. is my fourth pick on my team uh which brings us on to john who's going to be your fourth pick so i'm going to go for uh loyalty uh i'm going to go for uh probably one of the most loyal people in the whole show the whole series and that is uh is it uh kelsey the the woman that uh, got her arm <sighs> bitten off and came oh, back Saf. to work yeah Saf. Saf. she came back to work yeah. literally what five days seven days after getting her her arm severed um you know if that ain't loyalty i don't know what is and uh, with my team of uh bastards and um criminals you need some loyalty in there um, you know, someone that's not going to rat them out. Someone that's always going to be there. Yeah. Arm or no arm, she's she's ready to go. Nice. You're 50-50 male-female split as well in your team, which which is good. Very representative. So Just to right. bear in mind, yeah. Sam does identify as a, as a man. Oh, okay. Oh, well. Didn't know that. Does identify as a man. It, it, they, they revealed that in the, in the final episode. Um, and she was asked, uh, well, he was asked, um, is that the extra one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not seeing that. So I, I so, re- yeah, retract, he, I retract he, he, my gender, uh, <laughs> statement. Yeah. So he was asked, um, are, are you frustrated, <laughs> are you frustrated, um, that in the whole series, um, you're, you're spoken about as a, as a female. Um, but yeah, I'll give you guys a chance obviously to watch it, but yeah. He does identify as a male. Okay. And uh, I'm actually quite annoyed at John for picking um, Kelsey because I was going to pick Kelsey myself. Oh. And now I'm going to have to go for someone that's probably a bit lesser. Just, no one appeals to me. I'm going to have to go with uh, John Finley then. Uh, film the whole series topless. Is that, <laughs> is that, right, is that the right person? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Film the whole series topless uh, with probably about uh, three teeth. Um, but that being said, <laughs> um, I think he'd be a useful person to have. I, I like that he wasn't, he didn't give everything away. I don't really feel like we got to find out too much about him. Um, so I thought he's quite secretive. So I reckon behind closed doors, he's, um, I think he's quite a strong character. And obviously, if you'd watch the final, if you watch the final episode, get a chance to find out, watch the final episode, um, you'd be able to see he's got a lovely pair of dentures now. Um, so he's got a full mouth of teeth, uh, and he's got a very, very interesting um, new facial hair feature as well. Um, but you find out a lot about him as a character, and he even goes on to explain how, when that was uh, filmed, he gets he's portrayed as a drugged-up hillbilly. Um, but he said he's actually been five years clean, so he's obviously got a good amount of um, mental strength. So I think that'll be useful to have on my team. Nice. So that completes our team. So to recap, uh, Levi, you've got uh, Alan Glover, John Renke, Don Lewis, and John Finley. Uh, John, you've gone for Mario, Carol, Tim, and Saf. Uh, I've got Doc, Joe Exotic, Josh Dial, and Travis Maldonado. And Greg is left with Jeff Lowe, Eric Cowie, 
Rick Kirkman and Anne McQueen. Interestingly, no one took the FBI informant, uh, Chucky doll man, James Garrison. We don't trust these snakes. And no one took uh, any of uh, Doc Antle's wives. So maybe they'll probably appear in my team at some point in this apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> you can bring them, bring them along. You can summon them from uh, wherever we are uh, in the world. I'm um, just fuming that no one picked um, Jeff Lowe's uh, nanny. Yeah, the new nanny. Apparently, he's got two. Apparently, he's got two new you nannies. Get to, you get to see the you get to see the new nanny in the last episode, and um, she's not ugly. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, also, no one picked uh, Carol Baskin's new husband. He's ride or die. He's pretty loyal. Wet white. Oh, no, he's wet a bit blanket. wet. Good He's a bit wet. Blanket. And also, the only reason why he's alive is because he's submissive. He's a beta. Yeah. Male. Anyone that agrees for their wedding picture to be put on a leash, you're out. You're out. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Not on my team. All right, we'll take that. Uh, so, yeah, you can head over to our Instagram page uh, to vote for uh, who, who you think has the best team, which team you would uh, ideally want to be with uh, in a post-apocalyptic uh, zombie world. Um, I, I certainly know who I'm picking, and that's my team. So uh, that's, that's not, uh, you know, no, no bias there. But, uh, yeah, Doc Antle, he's got, he's got connections. He's the... the the bad man and the whole thing. Um, let's move away from Tiger King and talk uh, a little bit about uh, boxing quickly. Um, AJ calling out Tyson Fury today. Um, John and Levi are, are sort of resident boxing uh, experts on the show. Um, thoughts on that? I'll, I'll head to you first, John. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of old, old news, really. I think uh, he's been calling him out for, for quite a while, to be fair. Um, I think um, after the Povetkin fight, I think he might have done it as well. Um, quite a few fights at the end, he's kind of called him out. Um, he's wanted that fight for a long time. Um, I think he actually came out at the end of one of those fights and said he didn't want to do it at the time, around the time that uh, just before, a few months before he fought uh, Tyson Fury fought uh, Wilder because he fought, let him kind of have a few fights. He didn't want to beat him in that state that Wilder tried to beat him in. Um, he wanted to kind of wait. So I think he's done that. That's happened. He's had um, four or five fights since since he's come back. And I think um, I think I think we're ready for it. Obviously, obviously we're in a situation now where there's not much sport going to be happening, but um, hopefully we get through to the end of that. And yeah, they need to dig deep in their pockets. They need to get that step aside money uh, out hmm. for Wilder because he's going to want a lot of money to step aside. In fact, I think that's going to be quite a tough one. I think uh, the Pulev one, the step aside, will uh, will be a lot easier to make um, because he, Pulev doesn't really want that fight. He ducked it a while ago, a few years ago, um, which is why um, he ended up fighting Carlos Takam because uh, he was the next next in line because uh, Pulev didn't take that fight. Um, so that would be, a, I think that would be easy, a few million there, and it'll be, it'll be out, it'll step step aside. But um, Deontay Wilder is, he's, he's after the way how he was kind of, you know, going in on AJ about kind of, you know, making saying that he's got to step out, step back in and take that rematch. He's not gonna, he's not gonna not do that. So I think we have to wait, wait a little bit longer for that fight. Um, 
but um, it's definitely the fight that all boxing fans and casuals, hardcores, whoever, sports fans are kind of what's going to want to see. I'd definitely be uh, paying my pay-per-view subscription for that. <laughs> Levi? Uh, uh, again, I massively have to agree with John. The only thing I would say, though, is um, I think Joshua coming out is slightly different from what he'd normally do because normally like, it's almost customary for fighters to look to the next fight at the end of a at the end of a fight, but whereas this is almost like, uh, everyone's almost like chilled out in terms of they're in quarantine and stuff like that, and they have to think, think of their next move. Um, I think he's saying something, because Joshua spoke a lot about, um, he was speaking about the, that wild, the Wilder fight, didn't almost, I don't even know what I'm trying to say here, I've lost track of what I was trying to say, but um, Deontay Wilder, I don't think will step aside, just as John said as well. Yeah. Um, there's no way that he will let his pride take a hit. If he's firing his trainer or throwing in a towel, his pride already taken a massive hit. And I don't think he'll allow himself to um, take another massive L, basically, because that's exactly where it will be, um, in not taking up the fight. He's even gone as far as to say that if he loses that fight, then he'll probably retire. Because the reality is, what has he got left to um, fight for um, on that front? And what we need to remember as well, the no looks are very, very deceiving. But Deontay Wilder no longer has the youth on his side. Tyson Fury is like 30, 31 odd. 30, 31 as well. So in all of this, Deontay Wilder is the, the, the old head almost. Um, and this is almost meant to be the, clo- the, the, the curtain for his career. Um, so he has a chance to rectify that. So there's no way he's um, stepping aside. But I like what Joshua has done. Um, he's taken his chance when... It is a bit quiet. Ruffle some of the heavyweight feathers um, and remind everyone that I, I waited this length of time for Tyson Fury. I'm waiting for this big fight, this big moment. Everyone, he'll go into that fight as an underdog, in my opinion. Um, and I think he'll relish those conditions. Um, and I genuinely think that we will have a unified champion in Anthony Joshua. Nice. Um, Greg, if... If that fight happens, then um, who are you backing? Who wins? I don't know. It's a difficult one. Um, Within one though, one minute or so. <laughs> uh, Fury. I think okay. Fury can bring the heat. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, we're, we're fast approaching uh, the end of the show. Uh, sorry not to give you um, as much uh, leeway on that. Um Quickly then, uh, last topic, which we've got to cover in about 90 seconds here. We've got uh, Spurs, new stadium. And Greg, I'll let you obviously start on this one. Uh, naming rights, uh, you mentioned there's a battle between Amazon and uh, Nike Nike uh, for, for the naming rights. Uh, who would you want to win it and what are the potential names for the stadium? Well, it sounded like uh, Jeff Bezos is sort of leading those talks. Uh, I definitely think they would benefit us getting that Amazon money. Uh, it would also be quite nice uh, for every Arsenal fan, every time they make a purchase on Amazon, they're contributing towards us. Lovely stuff. Uh, the naming rights of the stadium is a, mo- a fact of modern football that stadiums are losing their touch and they are called the Etihad, the Emirates, the this and that. So it will probably be the Nike Arena, Amazon Arena, something like that. Whatever that's called, it will always be White Hart Lane. So that really doesn't matter. Um, but Nike have fucked up our kits for the last couple of seasons, so I'd much prefer Amazon uh, to have that. Nice. Uh, I do like the warehouse. I thought that was a good one. 
but yeah no uh we'll, we'll probably leave it at that john nike or amazon who would you prefer as a, as a sponsor for the stadium what for spurs yeah a quick yeah, one yeah they, they, let, let them have amazon the amazon the amazon arena amazon prime arena. Yeah. i don't know Prime, uh, Mar- Prime Marina. Prime Marina. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like a marina. Sounds like a boat should be there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Levi, which one? One or the other one word? I'd say Nike. Keep it on brand. Keep it sports related. Uh, nice. It's got to be Nike. Nike. I would prefer, uh, if it was Arsenal, I'd prefer Nike. But for Spurs, I'm saying they can have the Prime Amazon. Marina. Because yeah. it just sounds silly. Or Amazon or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> silly club. Silly club, silly name. Right. Okay. So we'll leave it at that. (laughs) That brings to a close uh, episode 40 of the BTF podcast. Obviously, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening on Spotify and iTunes. And thanks for watching on YouTube. If you are still watching, hit that like and subscribe button. And uh, we'll be back next week for episode 41. Thanks, guys. Peace.